You're listening to The Digital Entrepreneur, the show for folks who want to discover smarter ways to create and sell profitable digital goods and services. This podcast is a production of Digital Commerce Institute, the place to be for digital entrepreneurs. DCI features an in-depth, ongoing instructional academy, plus a live education and networking summit where entrepreneurs from across the globe meet in person. For more information, go to rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. That's rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. And welcome back to another episode of The Digital Entrepreneur. I am your host today, Jared Morris, the VP of Marketing for Rainmaker Digital. And I have two co-hosts with me on this episode. We have Brian Clark here, founder and CEO of Rainmaker Digital, as well as Mr. Chris Garrett, the Chief Digital Officer for Rainmaker Digital. Brian, Chris, welcome. Hey there. I thought we were changing Garrett's title to Chief Marketing Technologist. I, I think that's sexy. Oh, that's right. Let's see how let's see how my performance review goes first. Yeah, let's put it up to the audience. <laughs> Leave a comment on this episode and tell us what Garrett's title should be. Do you even know what a chief digital officer is? I don't, but a chief marketing technologist, that's macho. Okay, I like that. So leave, leave a comment, let us know. Today, we, we want to talk about something that a lot of digital entrepreneurs are, are thinking about and consider. We know that so much traffic now for the web is done with our mobile devices, and it's a, it, it's a big decision how you're going to display your content. Uh, are you going to do it with an app? Are you going to do it with a, a responsive website? And, and people are kicking these ideas around and have been for a while. And the three of us had an email conversation about this very topic earlier this week that we wanted to basically bring here to the air. And so, Brian, to kick things off, we actually went back and found an article that you wrote in 2013. And I want to read a quick excerpt from this article and see if you still agree with this as a way to launch into this discussion. So here's the excerpt. The argument for content apps is the most shockingly wrong. Content of all shades depends on frictionless social sharing, and questions related to problems and desires inherently involve search engines. If your content platform impedes social and search, you're done. Don't believe the hype from the non-practitioner pundits. If apps were where it's at for content, I'd be using them as a marketer and selling them as a businessman. Still agree? I do agree completely. And it's interesting that you focused on the search engine aspect of it because that's only one argument. The main argument against apps is no one wants to download your damn app. And uh, we're seeing <laughs> we're seeing even more movement three years later uh, into uh, a direction that maybe suggests that the whole mobile app phase is just that, a phase. It's not an enduring thing. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, there have been uh, some progress made in uh, interlinking apps and, and getting uh, some of the functionality that's just native to the web and always has been between apps. It hasn't been completely successful, uh, and that shows you how hard a problem it is. So uh, even though Google has tried to deal with the app universe, um, I think uh, it's one of the still one of the compelling reasons why, number one, for content marketers, you don't need an app. And number two, that mobile apps may not be an enduring thing. Well, and that's what was interesting about this article. And so we'll link to this in the show notes. But the article is called The Future Without Apps and written by Donnie Reynolds. And and that's the big idea of this article is that is that we are moving toward this future where there will be these really blurred lines 
between what is an, an app and what happens on the web and, and everything kind of becoming as one. And Brian, how will that impact the the decisions that digital entrepreneurs need to be making when it comes to A, how they're displaying their content, and then B, how they're building their sites and their membership sites as they move forward? Well, yeah, the key is that, you know, to a degree, people love apps for certain uh, functions. Now, when we say apps, we're talking about mobile apps, okay? Uh, technically, applications, all software is an application or an app, but this is, you know, the lingo that we're using here. So we're, we're definitely talking about mobile, which is increasingly important. So uh, we talk over and over again about, um, you know, creating an app-like experience or actually creating apps. Now, remember, look at unemployable.com. It's a very simple site at this point, but it is a web app because it's a membership site. Those were some of the first web apps. And uh, you're able to, with the combination of that functionality and responsive design, you've got an app-like experience. You're giving people what they like about apps without cluttering up their device with another app. And that's what's important. We say over and over, it's the experience that matters, not necessarily following you know, the advice of people who are like, you know, four years ago saying, got to have an app, got to have an app. And everyone just kind of like all these media publications were lemming like hitting you with a download or app as soon as you're trying to read an article until guess what? Google slapped them down and said, don't do that anymore. You don't see it anymore because people are afraid of Google even more than they're lemming like. Mm. Chris, you are the uh, the chief marketing technologist for Rainmaker Digital. <laughs> <laughs> You've decided, have you? Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> early vote, early returns are in. Yes, yes, yeah, they are in. They are in. So, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts about this this future that Donnie's talking about here uh, without apps? It just makes perfect sense to me. We were talking earlier about how the experience of having an app forced on you makes you look elsewhere. If you're looking up restaurants and you want to know where to eat, who are you going to go with? The one that you can just go to their website on your mobile. It's a responsive site. You can see the menu looks great. Or one that says, download our app. Now, in Canada, we have these horrible data plans. So we don't want to use our data anyway. We just want a very slimmed down website experience. We're certainly not going to download a big app just for your menu for a place that you're only going to go once. So that's an extreme example. But just think about the end user experience of apps. You have to have something really extra special to make me install an app, something that is going to live on my toolbar, not just something that I'm going to use once and then forget about because it's taking up space, it's taking up bandwidth. We always talk about, you know, um, with our studio press themes and with Rainmakers included designs, you know, responsive, absolutely, but also HTML5, which we really haven't um, even begun to uh, exploit the possibilities there because that is a markup that allows you to create any kind of app functionality uh, on a website, right? So yeah. is this part of the argument that this guy's making that this type of advanced uh, hypertext markup language is actually going to be the thing that kills apps or is it is it something bigger than that? 
I think already has to a large extent. And the fact that we haven't really had to dig that deep into what the technology can do shows that we haven't needed to. There's not been that demand from our customers and users. Now, the Rainmaker platform is getting a lot more advanced. We're doing a lot of stuff on there that gives the administrator of a site a lot more power. But when it comes to consuming the content, you don't really need that advanced technology. So for content marketers, it's nice that we have these features, but 80-20 rule, 80% of what we need to do, we can already do in a normal responsive website with a content management system. And that's the experience people want. So yeah, yeah that I remaining agree. 20% yeah. is advanced and you can do a lot of stuff, especially like geotargeting and all those things where you can have a really nice, rich, animated experience. But a lot of it is sugarcoating and a lot of it actually slows down getting the customer to the information they wanted. So you have to be really careful with all that. Yeah, it, it was interesting because the three of us were working on uh, creating an adaptive content funnel this week, which we've been talking about a lot and we have a lot of fun doing. Uh, we're about to get together for a company meeting and there's going to be whiteboards everywhere because we're going to be just sitting down mapping out these things. But you know, I, I think I asked a question that said, who's going to, um, you know, change this functionality? Uh, is this a Garrett thing or a Rafal thing, you know, a tech thing or a design thing? And then I remembered it is so brain dead simple to do in Rainmaker that I could have done it myself. And and that just shows you that um, we are using our own technology and, and compared to the technology we built, say, for example, on Copyblogger, in order to get to Rainmaker, we can't wait to move Copyblogger over to Rainmaker because we actually can do more on our Rainmaker sites than on our custom sites at this point. Mm. Even I can do it. That's the amazing thing. Sometimes I just forget. Yeah. Chris, you know, you mentioned th that someone would have to have a pretty, you know, something pretty great for you to install an app. So, for people who are listening to this and they're you know thinking about what they're going to do, are there any situations right now where where someone in our audience should be thinking about an app? Or I mean, with this future where there aren't going to be apps and those lines are going to be blurred, and what we've just been talking about with how much you can do with HTML5 and with an adaptive website, I mean, is that something that people really shouldn't be thinking about, or are there some specific functionalities that lend themselves to it? if you're talking about content marketing if you're talking about using this as promotion or marketing for your business there aren't really features that you're going to gain from an app because what you're losing is the attraction and retention ability if you think about the apps that are one-time use or very seldom used they're they're on the far right hand side of your screen you have to swipe to get to them and then you're not even sure why you downloaded it i've got snapchat i don't use that that would be an example of something that would be difficult to do in HTML5. But as a content marketer, do you need that? Are you an app developer or you're creating an experience for your prospects and customers? So if it's an experience, if it's content marketing, I would say chances are you want that attraction ability, that discovery ability, that shareability of your content, that having a walled garden app would lose 
for you. Uh, there are features, though, that could be really advanced and cool. But I'm struggling to think of something that can't be done using the browser experience. A lot of apps, a lot mm. of apps out there are just shells for a browser anyway. Yeah, so that's what people don't realize. I mean, we could introduce app functionality uh, for Rainmaker users, but it's really just wrapping up your website in an application. And if people ask for that, we might do it, right? I, I don't know if we put that on the roadmap or not, but that's really what you're dealing with and, and probably being overcharged by an app developer. But the, the main, and again, if you're, if you're loyal, fanatic audience members want an app, then you should consider it, I suppose. Um, but, uh, as Chris said, you know, what are we talking about here? You know, having to download an app first is a conversion killer. It's hard enough to get people to convert and you're adding another barrier. It's a search engine killer. You know, it's a sharing killer. Uh, all of these things we need in order to build our business. And yet people rush to a format that actually kills that. So let me let me quote from this article. So you won't think that this is just us spewing our opinions. Um, you know, the, the, the gist of the argument is that web applications will be the new apps. Of course, again, they're both apps, but compared to a mobile app that is specifically installed on the device. And he says, web apps don't need to be installed. They run securely in closed brow browser environments. They are web friendly, meaning they can be indexed and surfaced by search engines. Oh, wait, isn't that exactly what we want today? Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, <laughs> so... Yeah. It's almost like this whole mobile app phenomenon is just a bad blip in history. It started out okay because it was cool to download from the app store and be able to do certain things. But now you look at your phones and it's a cluster, a mess. I have so many different folders to try to keep it organized, and I still don't use half of what's on there. You know, the web is perfect. Yeah. yeah. And apps drain your battery. If you have the Facebook app, your battery gets drained. So the experience of using the web browser actually saves you a resource that might be precious to you or your customer. And I also go back to my latest website that I've been working on for the first time as more Android users than iPhone users. And I was shocked by that. I shouldn't have been because the audience is DIY people. But it means that you have to have a cross-platform developer or development environment, which the web already is. It works on a BlackBerry. Yeah. It works yeah. on an old Nokia, you know? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny how we have kind of everything we need, and yet we lose sight of it. It reminds me of people who gave up their websites to build on Facebook. I mean, no one saw that coming. What a disaster of a train wreck that would be. It's kind of the same, feels like the same phenomenon here, just kind of poor thinking, following trends instead of thinking what actually right for your business and your audience yeah well i mean you have a lot of people with big platforms that are saying that kind of thing and and people are listening i think you're right i mean part of that is a is a failure of critical thinking and it's just it's getting caught up in the hype and getting caught up in the excitement of it and and to a certain extent the status of it when it comes to apps because i think people like being in the app store and just kind of that you know, that idea. You mean lost in the app store? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, right. That's I was what just I mean. going to say, I'm not sure people do enjoy that because um, my parents and my in-laws don't like going in the app store. And they don't like it when they're asked to put in a credit card, even though they're downloading something for free. So 
is that really true? I think with the web, you can sample a lot better, see if something's for you, and then you can go deeper. You can register and you can sign up and all those things. You can't really sample apps as easy. It's kind of a commitment for somebody who's very non-technical and maybe just giving you a, a slim chance. So that it's like Brian said, that conversion, there's a big friction element to apps and there's the daunting thing of especially on some other platforms uh, mentioning no names that you're not even sure if it's a legitimate app you don't know what it's going to do because we've seen this horror stories of data leaks and all those kinds of things there is a bit of resistance there mentally of what is this going to do to my phone or my device yeah, well, and that's what I mean. I think people got caught up in just the idea of being in the app store and having an app and being able to send that tweet that says, hey, we have an app, download it because it sounds cool, but it's not really providing a lot of utility to them or to the audience that they're actually trying to serve. Yeah, so it's a waste of time and money. Yeah, right. it's yeah. probably one of the worst and most expensive cases of shiny object syndrome in recent history. I mean, it's one thing to go chase after... Uh, you know, uh, LO <laughs> and then watch it fail. Okay, you wasted a little time, but it wasn't a big deal. But uh, if you developed an app that really didn't work out for you, you have my condolences. Mm. And if you really develop the app, instead of just like doing an MVP, that's a lot of cost and time and resource and energy you're putting into the thing. So you have to then spend more money to get more people to know about it. Because the chances of you getting that top 10 table of popular apps in any of the app stores is slim to none now. Hey, let me ask you this question, because clearly one of the benefits of having an app and when you install it on your phone, whether it's an iPhone or an Android, is you get that convenient little logo right there and it's easy to access. Do you think, But it, I, I, and maybe most people know this, I don't know, but it's pretty easy to just create a bookmark for your site or for your web app on your Android home screen or on your iPhone home screen, do you think more sites should kind of give people instructions for how to do that or tell people how to create a quick mobile uh, shortcut on their phone or on their device to get to their site? Because then you would get the big benefit of having the app, which is the easy access icon right there on someone's device. That is interesting. And, it, and I, I don't think it can hurt, especially, for example... If you're web-based and you have people asking for an app, maybe they just want that easy access um, and that's good advice. My problem with it is, unless it's mission critical, the apps I use every single day, I don't see anything because I have everything put in folders to reduce clutter. Mm -hmm. It really does have to be. You have to be the most important thing in my life. And, you know, uh, hopefully... For example, copy blogger is important to people. People read it every day, but I wouldn't presume to think it was, you know, worthy of an app necessarily. Yeah. That would be front and center. Uh, you would hope so, but think about that. Would there be a, you know, a critical mass of people who would do that? I doubt it. Yeah, I think the social login is more important as part of the experience, and I think, which is why we're introducing it in Rainmaker. I think the ability to just quickly log in is the main thing that an app can do for most people over and above having that, you know, web experience. So if you can smoothly and quickly get people to log in and get the usefulness out of what you're offering, how they get there, I don't think is as important. They could have their own workflow. But 
I think the funny thing about those little icons is I've got them on my phone based on just web pages that are bookmarked that way, and I never look at them. So <laughs> I don't know if you do gain that much. It's it should be more visible, but they're on my second page, and I never swipe. You know what gets page. me to yeah. come back to a site? Email. Yes. Mm. Right. And, and what are in those emails? Links. And where do those links point? The web. <laughs> yeah. So we've come think, full circle back to email as always. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Some perception of future value, and it's usually indicated by an email coming in. Yeah. Good point. Very good point. Well, these articles, both the, the article that I quoted that Brian wrote and this article, The Futures with, Without Apps, those will both be in the show notes uh, for this show, so you can get those there. Any final thoughts, guys, uh, on this on this topic uh, of apps before we close up this episode? Well, I think it. I think it's just encouraging news. I mean, we over the years. I mean, um, since I wrote that article, and and even before that, there was. There were people who were thinking very critically, uh, and generally these were longtime web people. And instead of being biased toward the web, they just took a, you know, they understood the idea behind the open web and what that meant and why no walled garden from AOL to MySpace to Facebook has ever killed it. Um, and in apps, uh, it's the same thing, that you're, you're seeing the very, very bright people uh, more and more say, you know, uh, this is probably just a phase we went through and we're going to return to web apps because it makes so much more sense on so many levels. So if you're out there and thinking, oh my gosh, we didn't get an app, we've missed the, the wagon, you know, you didn't miss anything. I think that's the important thing. Um, you're always safe on the web because anytime a link can be followed, it's the quickest and easiest way for people to get to you. Yeah. I'm looking at the potential for us to develop apps, but as yet, I've not had a compelling reason to do that. So do let us know if you can think of a compelling reason why we need an app. I've yet to find a reason. But that said, once you've decided to do an app, you have to support it and maintain it. How are you going to get people to upgrade to the latest version? You're creating a lot of marketing problems by creating this marketing solution. So it's not a, a one and done deal. It, you have to then support it and maintain it and you know it's like having a baby that baby's going to become an 18 year old what are you going to do then <laughs> spoken like a true marketing technologist yes <laughs> yes yes I'm not biased at all <laughs> in how you vote on Chris's title <laughs> make yes. Chris great again make Chris great again that's right well go go vote for Chris's title uh, go of course create your your mobile uh, shortcut to the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. And uh, for more insight on this and many other topics, go to rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. And that's where you can activate your free membership to Digital Commerce Institute. And when you do that, you will actually have free access to the courses developed by both of these gentlemen. Brian has a course in there uh, called Build Your Online Training Business the Smarter Way. And Chris was part of a team with Tony Clark that developed a course on auto building automated marketing funnels that work. And you can get free lessons in each one of those courses, plus case studies and more when you go to rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. It is free, so go get your free registration today. All right, guys, thank you for being here. And we will talk to you next week on another episode of The Digital Entrepreneur. Take care, everyone.